Hey, what's going on, guys? Phil here with podcast number 197. Today's guest is Alex Garden, the technical designer for MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries. Like I say, welcome, Alex, for doing this. First off, it's Saturday for those that don't know, May 2nd. So not only is he uh, taking the time out of his day, he's also taking the time out of the weekend, which I don't... Is it the weekend anymore? Does that even count? I don't even know. But how are you doing, Alex? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm definitely feeling that same uh, every day is the same as every other day. Time right? become meaningless. But, right? Um, yeah, I'm good. Is that is that weird for you going from like an industry where, like, I guess a lot of people would say you have flexibility too because you could work from home, I guess. But like, you you guys are always in the office. So how's this whole transition been for you from going from, I guess, the office life to home office life? Yeah, I mean, for, I think for most of us, the transition has been okay. Like we, as you mentioned, we have the the benefits and the fortune to be able to work in an industry that makes this easier to, to handle than some others. So, you know, we're all still happy that we're working, but we can still keep working pretty much at the same level that we do in the office. Things are obviously a little, uh, little harder to talk through over chat than just being able to go over to somebody's desk and, and hammer it out and... You know, we're all remoting into our workstations, which makes things a little slower. But um, I think generally we're doing pretty good. We do, um, you know, we do biweekly uh, company-wide Zoom meetings as well, yeah. just to kind of uh, socialize a bit and uh, with each other. So it's been going okay. It's definitely odd. It definitely <laughs> was a, an adjustment period, and I think we're all still like adjusting day to day. But it's been uh, it's been okay. Well, yeah, I, I mean, you guys obviously being up in Vancouver and the only time I've, I've really been in cities most recently, other than where we live near one, but really we don't go there very often. Um, but, you know, Vancouver, I mean, everybody's pretty much on top of each other. I mean, you've got buildings, you know, it's a different lifestyle from what I live uh, like. And then plus what you guys are going through out there in all cities and stuff throughout the world right now. Yeah, but yeah, I'm glad you guys are still obviously, uh, I, I know when you guys... Uh, a little bit off topic and speaking of topics again we're going to be talking about modding today um that's why we have alex here and um but you guys announced the dlc and you know um obviously delays and this and that and i was like i with the current world and where i was at it was it was expected too just because you guys um i know uh remote connections aren't the fastest either and i can't imagine working on real with maybe i don't know how that would work uh, yeah so yeah um but uh anyways let's go ahead and dive into the topic for today um first off can you you're the technical designer what does that mean uh exactly for you know maybe joe Schmo out there that doesn't know what is uh what does that entail for your job at pgi yeah so i'm i'm a technical designer not the okay. uh, not the, the okay gotcha but gotcha. um, it's actually kind of a recent change. Um, you, I think you already know this, but I was producer on the project okay. um, for most of its of its dev cycle. Um, but uh, I've I've had a familiarity with the engine before uh, joining the project, so I had already been working in UE4 um, and had some understanding of some of the systems. And it was a new engine for the company when we started Mech Five. Obviously, uh, we'd worked in CryEngine for MacWare uh, Online. Um, so I, I brought some stuff to the table, which was useful, especially early on in the project. And then as things kind of developed and we got closer to release, you know, um, 
I would occasionally just look for you know spots that we you know we didn't have maybe full attention on or you know a little bit of uh, development or prototyping some of the systems. So uh, my role was producer just to more sort of manage the scheduling and resource management of the company on the project, but on the side just kind of doing some design tasks, you know, technical implementation of design principles. So now that we've released and uh, you know the you know we're we're adapting it to DLC structure and we're looking into what's next. Um, I actually moved into the technical design role uh, like about a week ago, two weeks ago officially. Okay. So it's actually pretty recent. Um, okay. Yeah, that's why I was like, means... I thought you were the like the the producer on, it, and then you were like, oh, technology. I was like, okay. So yeah, now we have our answer there. That's why. Yeah, it's a good fit for me. I, I love the work. Like I love my job. Um, you know, I uh, I often have to stop myself from from working. Um, especially now that yeah. uh, you know, not having to go into the office and not having that 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 division between work and life as clearly as before. So I, you know, I definitely love it. I love working in the engine. I love just solving problems and being able to implement systems. So that's, uh, that's what I do now. And um, basically it just means working with the other design uh, team, uh, members of the team and art and engineering to, you know, not only come up with designs for the systems we want to create or expand upon, but to implement them, find out, what are the uh, best avenues for implementing that thing? Gotcha. So and that's, uh, that's what I've been doing. And considering you obviously helped with the foundation of all the systems and for just the base MechWare 5 now, you're sort of more filling in a role of uh, going forward. Um, obviously, we've got more information on the DLC, but also the modding side, um, the infrastructure there. And that's where we're going to be talking about today. Um, can you take maybe a step back here and rethink when we were introduced to Mech 5, one of the things that was touted was modability, right? That and, and obviously over the AMAs and stuff like that. Uh, and even when we we're at MechCon, I know I talked about it with you a bit. Um, was there design decisions early on? Uh, like, and how does that work with Unreal? Did, I mean, obviously we're talking about a pretty big subject here but was that a challenge was that a lot easier did you already have previous experience with that uh it was definitely a challenge i mean early on in the project it it began as intent um before it became implementation uh of how we wanted to approach modding um you know we we knew we wanted to support it and we knew that uh some of the systems we were building early on we wanted those to be built you know in a way that was a little more mod friendly than they would be if we weren't considering mod support because the systems really do benefit from being designed in particular ways if you're going to support modding or not. Um, I, I think it's fair to say, at least personally, uh, it would. Uh, if I could go back, I probably would have planned for the implementation side of things a little earlier um, and transitioned out of intent into implementation a little sooner. Um, so there's definitely very different considerations like the work is very different when developing something to consider modularity and modability um now the so the discovery phase for for mod support in the engine was uh not simple <laughs> as as we as we found as we continue to investigate the implanta implantation side of things the engine is you know built in a way that um 
botting is possible and and uh, it's it's there for you to explore but we've had to do quite a bit of work to actually get it to where it is uh, currently so you know we released the first version of the editor at the start of the year um, and we did that before we had implemented you know the the you know the custom packaging system to make everybody's lives easier and much of that was was myself wanting to get the tools into everybody's hands as soon as possible yeah knowing we'd be updating it and improving it and fixing some of these gaps uh, along the way over time because the sooner people can get into it and get a sense of how the systems are built and how how the editor works once things really started to like uh get smoother they'd be in a better position to start pumping out content gotcha. um, rather than us you know waiting three or four months later and then putting out the tools uh as maybe they are today yeah well, that's a little bit of a the ground. A little bit of a double-edged sword, if you will, because you release the tools. They weren't obviously; they're still not complete, and they may never be complete as far as like what you want as well. But uh, some of the community members like dove in. I'm looking at you, Navid, if you're out there, uh, and they ran into some some hurdles right off the bat, and obviously um, they were sort of hindered by that. But at least they, what you're saying is, you release that with the intent of just so people understand what's going on under the hood. Um, and, uh, one thing we know, uh, and I know about modders is they have a lot of time on their hands and they have passion. So sometimes they'll, uh, I would maybe, uh, I don't, I don't know what, what to call that, uh, go down the rabbit's hole quicker yeah, than maybe you thought. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was going to be impossible for us, for almost any company to have a complete test plan with modability. You, you can approach it from so many different angles and try to do so many different things that the original design didn't account for or the, the implementation on the engineering side didn't account for. So seeing uh, you know, people start poking at these systems and finding, oh, hey, I, can't, I literally can't modify this one file uh, or the system doesn't allow me to do this or you know, there's a very um, obvious mechanic I want to modify in maybe the mech components that isn't exposed. Um, you know, arguably, we could, we could have caught some of those things uh, before, but um, it's going to be it's going to be a back and forth. Like as as you've seen with the mod community so far, um, you know, identifying what they're trying to do, the roadblocks that they're finding, and then trying to just just tear those roadblocks down. Um, so it's hard to say what complete would look like. Um, you know, we can iterate on these tools until, you know, the end of time. Yeah. Um, but my goal has basically just been to make sure that, you know, all the systems, all the mods that people are trying to implement, whether it's, it's HUD modifications or campaign uh, modding or anything, just, you know, making it as easy for them as possible. Um, exposing what they need and it's it's has been an ongoing process and will probably continue to be an ongoing process gotcha and just to clarify you we keep using i guess jargon maybe someone out there doesn't understand like systems or uh having access or opening up can you just give it maybe just a quick example of of what that means like when someone says well i didn't have access to this or we're going to open up this system um, are we just talking about um, a, a file, or are we talking about images? Are we talking about a, a 3D model? What does that, if if you can, off the top of your head, think of an example? 
Yeah, I mean, I think mechs are, are probably a good example of this, not just on like, you know, the model and art side, but the code side and design side of things. So for anyone who's not familiar, Unreal Engine has a visual scripting system that they call Blueprints, which is kind of like a node-based um, visual scripting approach that allows you to do quite a lot and iterate very quickly and prototype very quickly. Um, but the other side of things, obviously, is code, is, is source code. Is, is, um, oh, gosh, I believe it's C++. C sharp for Unreal. And um, so the engine is amazing in that sense because it allows you to iterate and prototype very quickly, especially on the design side with blueprints. You know, you don't need to have any kind of bottleneck with engineering or having somebody else to do the implementation for you. With When you formulate the idea, you can prototype it very quickly in blueprints. So the issue with that is that blueprint logic, especially for very complex systems, is not as efficient resource-wise as code. So what will often happen is a designer will build or prototype a system in blueprints. They'll prove it out you know, on paper, and, and you know, the system works, uh, and we want to move forward with this or tweak it this way. Often what will happen there is that they will then work with engineering to port most or if not all of that co uh, logic into actual code. Um, so once you get something into code, exposing it to modding becomes an explicit thing, not an implicit thing. When you're building a system on the code side of things, generally best practice isn't to just go through and uh, expose literally every variable, every, every code function for, say, uh, use in blueprints. Most of the time, because this, that stuff isn't necessary as a designer. You know they'll they'll need access to maybe half or a third of the underlying functions in blueprints, and the rest is can just reside in code and run in code, and, and nobody else has to worry about it from there. Um, so what we found with with our release is that you know there were cases where systems were built in a very component-based approach. You know where uh, you know on the mech side of things for things like uh, movement components example. So rather than all of this logic all just existing in one class, like the mech class, the mech class is comprised of different component classes. So it has a component class that handles movement logic and a component class that handles you know, its, its view systems for first person or third person. And so you can go into those individual components and modify some of that logic without having to touch the main parent class, which, which is the mech in this case. Um, so what we found with mod side of things is just finding these points that were implemented in code that were not exposed. Because you know, for one reason or another, they just weren't needed during development. Um, now with modding, you know, people want to start poking at these systems and doing things, thinking outside the box, and, and uh, put a nice uh, twist on the, on the existing mechanics. And oftentimes to do that, they need those functions exposed. So that's where we go, and we explicitly expose those functions. Okay. It's not really just a matter of like yeah, exposing the whole underlying system. It's yeah. just not very efficient from a development perspective. Gotcha. And I guess maybe this is an ignorant question. Why, um, 
even though you said you may not need it, is there any reason uh, not to release source code? Is that like an industry thing or is that just more of a protecting your product thing? Um, uh, is there any, I guess, reason not to do it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very complex. It's, I, I won't be able to speak too much on it, um, just in terms of like a practical knowledge or uh, experience with it but i mean there's so many different considerations it's you're talking about not just you know ip and ownership and things like that but you're also talking just about security um you know not necessarily our own security but the security of the users like exposing source code and allowing mod systems to inject code in an application is not something to be taken lightly um you know the ability giving somebody the ability to write code package it into a mod quote for a game and then releasing that mod and saying hey download this mod it allows you to do such and such and just run this code i wrote um you know it's uh, there's there's always going to be a chance that not all of that code is doing <laughs> what it should be gotcha. it's it's malicious code can be can be uh you know pushed uh, through those systems so that's okay. part of it as well but like it's it really is you know a hundred different uh gotcha hundred different considerations with, with things like that. It's, I okay. think, I don't know, from my experience, it's pretty, it's rare for games to release yes. source code, yeah. um, especially, you know, early on. I think in most cases you might see it when the project is very long yeah. in the tooth. 10, uh, 20 years. Yeah. 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 So no, it's not totally. a common thing. Um, all right. So obviously you've had modding on the brain for a little bit. I've, I've talked to about it back in Metcon and stuff like that. Um, did you have a, like a vision or an idea of what modding was going to mean to Mech 5? And, and do you, do you see it being a big part of the game? And, you know, what is, I guess, your stance and PGI stance on Mech 5? Is, is that as important as the, the DLC contents and so forth? Yeah, I mean, um, Personally, and from a company perspective, it's important to, to all of us. Like it's, important, it's important to me because, you know, so I started with a company with MechWare Online in, in support. Um, so from the beginning of my involvement with them, with PGI and MechWarrior, it's really been the, the community's perspective and input has often been the forefront of my roles. So... Over the years, like I've been with the company about five years now, um, seeing that passion, but like, and not to the opinionated passion, which is a good thing, um, to see that over the years, and you know, it was inevitable, and I knew and I anticipated most of the the things people would be into when we started talking about modding for Mech Five. Um, it's been great to see the the start of that seeing people be able to actually put that into effect and, and, and finally be able to say, like, this is the vision I have for MechWarrior and how these mechanics uh, should work and how I want them to work. And giving people the ability to actually follow through on that is really cool. Um, so it's important for us uh, this year. You know, it's important for us. It's, you know, when we talk about things like DLC and release schedules and release plans, the other side of that is important. It's important for us to maintain uh, the interest and functionality of the mod systems, because you know, for a lot of people, modding is is a huge uh, feature uh, for a game, especially with a game like MechWarrior, which 
which can be as complex as you want it to be, uh, as complex as you can imagine. There's so many different iterations of the different mechanics in Mech Warrior, and so many different opinions about how those mechanics uh, should work that um, I think we get a lot of benefit. The game gets a lot of benefit, and the, the players get a lot of benefit from being able to you know, put these things into action. So it's, it's definitely important for us. And I think you can see that with the updates, you know, the update cycle that we've had for the mod editor since its release. Um, you know, closing up some of those holes and providing functionality for some of the things people are trying to do is, you know, has been important, will continue to be important. So yeah, it's a, it's a big deal for us. We want to keep, we want to keep this train going. Gotcha. And obviously DLC and dates, uh, we, we covered that in a previous video. Um, it's obviously going to be delayed until at least the back half of the year. Um, as far as updates for like editor, um, I guess we can just go ahead and knock that question out, uh, which is I've seen talks in the uh, Discord, and this is the official MechWare 5 Discord, which by the way, anyone can join. And there's a multiple modding channels uh, where you have access to um, developers like uh, Alex to ask questions and so forth. Um, so if you haven't, I'll have a link for the official Discord down below in the description. Um, let's talk about that just for a second. Uh, I've, I've, I've seen you mention another patch. Um, is that something that you have sort of a set date on um, for the editor, or is that just sort of a game, or is it just an editor uh, patch? And can uh, you talk about it? Yeah, so the one I've mentioned in the, in the mod chats uh, of the last little while, it's an editor-focused update. Um, it does uh, have a small game component, but it's really focused just on um, editor functionality. Okay. Um, I don't have a public date. I've got an internal date that I am the, I'm trying to get us to hit. Okay. Uh, it's soon. Um, I would have liked to have gotten the update out, you know, two weeks ago. Um, but we just have some stuff to juggle that just kind of necessitated us moving some resources around. So it's it's ready to go. It just needs some uh, final final uh, testing, mostly on, on my end, uh, just to prove out some of the things, make sure that the you know the stuff that we're um, unlocking for people to do are, is actually still functional. Um, so hoping to have a date for it soon. Okay. Uh, it should have some good stuff in it. I don't have an exact list, uh, but offhand, you know. We've had some issues with widgets, uh, front end like UI, UX systems. Okay. Uh, modability there. Um, so a big fix for that, which is going to be a huge uh, relief for some people in the view in particular. I know has been waiting for this. Uh, it's going to make things like HUD mods and front end mods a lot uh, easier to make. Um, there's some frustrating roadblocks on the technical side. Uh, that people are working around, so it'd be good to get this out, and they can just, you know, my my goal always is to make things as easy as possible because the more roadblocks you have, the more frustration you introduce. It just it can be so easy to just sap, um, you know, the interest in wanting to follow through on something. So it'll be that. There's a couple other, but you know, uh, some like uh, fixes, you know, in terms of. Uh, you know, like weapon data assets not appearing in an action and stuff like that, little bits and pieces. But uh, it'll have some improvements as well. Um, so that's that's been a theme I've noticed, uh, which is unreal. And I think I think we need to talk about that. Which is um, to to get into MechWarrior Five modding, you need to learn Unreal, right? Like obviously, it's part of the ed it is the editor. And I I feel like sometimes 
um, that's also a roadblock in itself, right? Because instead of you just uh, looking at like Battletech uh, um, by the HPS, that some of the modders, it's JSON files, right? Uh, Notepad++. I mean, obviously, uh, some of them are going into Unity and learning how and assembling mechs and stuff like that and vehicles, right? They're having to learn that. But for Mech 5, you're having to un uh, learn Unreal. Um, and I feel like that's sort of a... a a stopgap for a lot of people is it's a little bit more daunting, right? I mean, and I think that's sort of where I see where you're coming from. And I, I, I think on one of the AMAs you were saying is where like you'd want templates to be a part of your editor. Like when you load it up, oh, I want to make a new weapon. Okay, well, what kind of weapon is that? Uh, oh, it's laser. Well, here's a template or something like that. So someone could get in there very easily. But the reality of it is, is there's a lot to fall upon the a creator and you guys have got like some big, uh, basic documentation that you've you've let out on PDF and stuff. Um, can we just sort of talk about that? Like, uh, obviously, you can't change that uh, as far as the, you know, the need to learn stuff. And I think, you know, that also falls on uh, part of being a modder too, right? Like, you have to take responsibility and say, hey, if I really want to do this, you almost have to not become a master at it, but you definitely have to at least understand how the systems work. Um, what has that been like for you? I mean, looking at the mod scene as well as, hey, now you have to learn a basically, you know, uh, top of the line, you know, 3D engine and the editor out there. That's got to be a little bit daunting, I guess, and, and to tackle that, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's super daunting. Um, I think it's one of those things that's as a developer, it's easy to take it for granted in terms of we'll just, you know, we release the editor. The yeah. Unreal Engine editor, and and to us and to me, that was the best option, the best thing to the obvious choice, because it, because of how powerful that is. Now, realizing, of course, how complex that is, and and like you said, just how much you need to learn if you're gonna, you know, make a make a make an interesting mod. You know, I think there. There are a lot of different approaches to how you handle mod tools, and you know you could have you could argue that well maybe we should have just released a a you know a dedicated tool set that that allows you to do very specific things. But I, I think the problem with that is that not only would that have taken considerably longer for us to get out, um, it would have been more restrictive. Yeah. It may have been a little easier to use and a little easier you know to make a day one thing. Uh, but, you know, we would have had to be building bespoke uh, systems to make very specific things, whereas the, releasing the editor, basically just you can make anything that obviously is like blueprint and, and content uh, and data focused, not code focused. So, yeah, it definitely increases the learning curve, but I think that like the sheer potential makes that worth it. Um, that's that's my personal opinion. And if you look at other Unreal uh, games that support mods, like if you look at, um, you know, something like Conan Exiles or Ark, uh, and, you know, there's, a, there's a, a few others out there. If you actually look at their mod tools, every, every implementation has been different. Uh, there's, there's not just one approach. Every project has done it a different way. You know, you can look at Robo Recall, 
um, one of FX projects, uh, they used a template approach. So, you know, you launch that editor and it says, would you like to make a weapon? Would you like to make uh, et cetera, et cetera? Um, and I think it's a valid approach. But I think for us personally, we just, we wanted, um, I think, you know, if I were to ask myself as somebody who, uh, you know, had worked in Unreal prior to this project and, and for whom game development is also a hobby, not just a job, if I were to ask myself what mod approach I would want, it would be just give me the editor. Give, give me the editor, and uh, you know, I'll understand that there are going to be some things that you know, uh, won't have code side or whatever it may be. But I would much prefer a system that it, you know, it's not proprietary. I can look at any YouTube tutorial on Unreal Editor, and all that information is going to be applicable to the editor that I'm using to make my mod, which, is, which I think is really valuable. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the approach we took. It's not the approach we had to take. Um, but I think it's, I think it was the right choice. Um, you know, it, it definitely is daunting. And I, I feel for anybody who, you know, sees that they've got, we've got the monitor up, they, they download it, they check it out, you know, they, they free up, you know, 70 gigs of space on, on <laughs> yeah. their hard drive and, uh, compile a hundred thousand shaders. And then they're like, oh man, it's actually not quite as easy as I as I'd hoped to just do something as simple as like make a weapon. But um I think what's important to me is that the the tool is there, the potential is there. Um and like you said, we have the documentation, but it's it's quite basic. You know, it's, here's how you get the editor going, here's how, you know, a test map and uh, make a weapon asset. But the scope of the game, there's so many different systems, there's so many things and uh, mechanics and assets. Um, yeah, the guide I, is going to be something that will, you know, but like a part of me says, does that fall on the developers? Like, I could understand the, I mean, the reality of it is, uh, you guys are a small team in the grand scheme of things. I mean, uh, okay, maybe not the smallest of developers, right? I mean, I don't know how many current staff, but it's it's one of those where maybe just maybe that falls on the community too to say you know hey you know yeah you could take all that like let's just say for example let's just say you're the knowledge base for the mod scene right so you would be responsible for well that would take up x amount of your time to have to document this or that you know blah blah blah. that almost to me it almost seems like community members could step up and that's i can't say it. i'm not going to commit myself to that but that's also one thing of why i'm trying to keep an eye on what's going on in the mod scene highlighting what mods are going on but also the documentation part that's where i feel like a wiki would be huge or something like that i mean we have discord but the problem with discord is it's it's like a organic forum and stuff gets lost right you can pin it but i mean so i almost feel like a, a wiki and then if people make videos they can embed those youtube videos and stuff like that i just feel like that's probably another thing where the community members can sort of take that mantle and it takes the load off. I mean, again, I can see people arguing saying, well, that's the developer's responsibility. And I get that. But also too, is like in this case for me, if that would require you to say, well, that's going to take up X amount of my time per, you know, week. And that's also taking me away from the mod, you know, tools and implementation and all that. Yeah. To me, at least that, that, that would make sense. Right. But, um, Sort of like, you know, we, we do have mods out there and there's some really cool mods and we'll talk about that. But why try reinvent the wheel 
and it's one of those where um, just in the modding section earlier, there was someone talking about UI and they were like, oh, you know, I'm brand new. I have no experience. This is all a little bit over my head, you know, and but you have other modders right there that have done full UI mods already. And so if that was documented in some way and they'd be like, oh, so that's how you do it. And then boom, instead of them spending X amount of hours of time, you know, does that make sense? Like, yeah, I. I think I think we I mean I feel an obligation to document and, and assist with some of the systems that are unique to our game. Um, things like mech pipelines or you know things that we've done and made and added that aren't just a part of the engine. Um, I, I feel an obligation there. Um, and so that is kind of what the guide has been focused on up till now. You know, it talks about it's like here's how you make the weapon data asset, which is a thing that we made and that's how we implement our weaponry. And you know, here's how you spawn a mech because our spawning system is, is unique to our game. Um, so I think there's an obligation on our side to to help people understand how these systems were implemented and how to accomplish the things that they want to do. The other side of that is is just the engine, learning the engine. Um, like you mentioned, the interface system, UMG, uh, is what it's called for Unreal. You know, that's not a system we built. So there's so much documentation out there that already exists. Um, it would be, I think, unnecessary uh, for for us to document how that system works because it's going to be like that's that's a huge system. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the same yeah. interface system that every Unreal Engine game is using. So you can go to all the documentation and communities, development communities, and YouTube. There's some amazing YouTube playlists. Yeah. on learning Unreal Engine. Like, I use them all the time. Yeah. Um, not even just for my own projects, but just for Unreal systems for our game that I just, I need to understand a little bit more about how this thing works. Let me just look at what else is out there documentation-wise. Um, so I think systems like that use what's available. Um, there's years of work, years of experience just out there. Um, thousands and thousands of hours of people's time understanding these systems and like bless them all, they you know, they put the time into making you know fifty video playlists on here's how to learn UMG. Yeah. It's uh, it's so amazing that it's out there. So, so you know, I think it's half and half. Yeah, yeah. I, I and I, and I get that. I guess I was more like looking at like, well, this is how you get a mech, because technically, from everybody I've talked to, um, there's nothing stopping anybody from getting a mech in, but yet we haven't seen one done yet. And one of the the no, hindrances. And you know. I think it's just very complicated. It is, uh, right? It's super complicated. And that's one of those things that's like we have, like when I refer to something like pipeline, like that's referring to our start to finish approach for yeah. the creation and implementation of a map. You know, there's, there's every department is involved in that. Um, every department, art, engineering, design, all have their roles. Uh, multiple people go into making just one Mac. So, you know, it's complicated. And, you know, that's something that I, I would like to um, outline a little more clearly for people in terms of what that pipeline looks like. And, you know, here, are the, here is the suggested flow for doing this. Gotcha. And is, is that stuff that could be streamlined a bit? Like, uh, could, do you guys do that internally already? Like, if you have a Mac that's, I don't, and again, I'm speaking out of here, that's, uh, you know, animations could be potentially shared, or does that... Does that have to be specific to that mech or, I mean, um, stuff like that? Is that 
behind the scenes and how mechs are all put together is that a template that could be made at least or at least the hey this at least gets you to this point 25 percent instead of you know starting at zero um i'm not sure to be honest um i i do know there like there are tools that help us along the way in terms of generating some of the data that goes into making a mech loadout systems and, and all the stats and all the various component-based systems. Uh, like Mexico, Mexico complex. Mechs yeah. are not just yeah. a matter yeah. of making a humanoid, you know, first-person shooter character. They're an order of magnitude more complex. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think there are some systems on our end, but for the most part, it really is just a workflow thing. Um, and my understanding of how the system, uh, how our pipeline goes, it's, you know, each mech is, mechs share skeletons. I believe, um, but animations are bespoke. Yes. You know, okay. So we've okay. got the the modeling work, uh, the rigging work, the animations, uh, and uh, you know, it's a it's a significant process. The question of streamlining um, is is a is a tricky one, or at least maybe not streamlined, but uh, definitely is that something that would fall upon you guys? Document like, hey, here's our process of from you know uh, naming conventions and 3ds max to you know or maya i don't i don't know which uh program but like this is how we're importing the mesh and this is what it needs to be done you know like same thing with like vehicles and stuff like that i mean is that something that would fall upon you guys or is that something that the community uh would need to do or, or create as well um it, it would be i would like us you know i would like for us to be able to provide some more guidance there. Uh, I think some some people out there in the mod community have already done some of that work in terms of, you know, they've they've started that process and they have an understanding of, of how to bring a mech into the game. Um, but I think that falls onto a side of things where it's not as simple as just, hey, let me look up a tutorial on how I can yeah. bring a character into Unreal. You know, it's because mechs are what they are. Um, there's some very specific stuff and custom stuff that, that goes into them. So, you know, I think I'd like for us to do uh, a little bit better job on, on assisting people with that. Um, something I could try and work toward. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously that's the first thing in pop, I mean, mech warrior mechs, right? That's the first thing that pops oh, totally. out. But like, I think a lot of people would be surprised of n not even realizing like uh, that's available right now. Someone could make a mech. That's not, because um, I've had a few people hop in like chat, like, uh, you know, hey, are there any new mechs? I'm like, there could be. I think from me and my perspective is, I think it would, and I think I remember Russ sort of saying this, maybe it was you, it, it was someone on the AMAs that were saying is, I wouldn't be surprised if people do it, but probably not to the fidelity that we're doing it. Obviously, you guys have different uh, damage states for the 3D models. You have different textures and stuff like that. And you guys cleared it up to where people could grab whatever's in MWO and bring that over. And so, like, I have I have actually been a little bit surprised that no one's done, like, a Timberwolf or whatever. But then the other part of me, uh, after talking about it with Navid a lot, which is animations, right? Which is a big thing because you need to make your own animations and, like, hopping in there and you realize, well, that's a lot of animations, transition states and stuff like that. But it is a lot of work. But, uh, and I think that, you know, if that falls upon like one person, you almost need us again, sort of like what you guys do. You have a pipeline, you have a team that does it. It's not just one person, right? So, but uh, yeah, I think people would be surprised like that ability is there right now. It's just no one's done it, right? Yeah, and I think you can see that in 
in other areas in the editor as well. You know, like things really fall into two camps. Like one area is technical limitations, where the editor isn't supporting this at the moment. Like I, phys- I literally can't do this thing I'm trying to do because of a technical reason. The other half is is information. You know, I don't know how to do this thing I'm trying to do. I want to get a mech into the game, and technically I might be able to, but I don't have the information uh, to get me there. Um, so I, I believe, yeah, on a technical side, the mech pipeline is there to be used, and you can get a mech in the game, you can run it, you can fight it, you can play it. Um, it's just one of those things that's, you know, the gap is in, is in knowledge, is in information. Um, yeah, and it's, like, it's worth repeating, like, <laughs> mechs. This is not a simple game. No game is simple. Like, no game is simple. That, the fact that any game gets made um, is not to be taken lightly, especially with smaller teams. You know, the fact that there are some games out there that, you know, a handful, like one or two or three people make is incredible. Um, and our team is not large. We have a mid-sized team um, in terms of the industry. You know, where you... Gotcha. Now, you know, Assassin's Creed can pull 15 studios from across the world yeah. to put their game together. Um, and that's why the games are so massive. Yeah. Um, and that alone is, is a colossal task to organize that. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've been doing this as a company for, oh, I don't know exactly how long, close to a decade, working with mechs and refining our, our pipeline for this. So it's a complex system that um, even with documentation and guidance will will you know still have some obstacles for people to... Uh, to uh, grapple with yeah part of me wants to dive in but uh to a tangent but or, or side but be it wouldn't be more towards uh modding so we'll hold off on that uh but speaking of mods uh we've had a variety out here um got a few questions for you one are you surprised by what we currently have out there for mods um especially which ones maybe are uh, popular um and then do you have any favorites and do you use any of those uh, I'm not surprised. No, I'm I'm very pleased. Um, the ones that have seemed to be very popular, you know, like the HUD mods and MechLab mods, I think those were expected, very much expected, and um, hoped that those would be uh, looked at. Um, in terms of use, uh, not persistently. I test a lot of mods. I, I, I check out a lot of mods. So I'll run it for a bit. I'll check it out. Um, see how it plays, see how it goes, uh, and then I'll, I'll usually fall back to standard. Because, you know, I like, with my, my job, I, uh, it's good not have to worry about, oh, is this mod uh, affecting this system I'm trying to design or, or, or yeah. fix? Um, and I don't play on the per, on my, in my personal life as much as I, I used to during development, during active development, um, just for health reasons, mental health. Yeah, no. Yeah, that makes sense, right? If you're working and then you're living it, yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I can understand that. Yeah, but um, yeah, very pleased. I actually am a little surprised that nobody has gone too deeply into mission creation just yet. Is there any uh, roadblocks, do you think, why that is? Not to my understanding, no. Um, the system that we use for building a mission is there for you uh, in the editor. That, I think, is, is, falls into that second camp of information. Yeah. Uh, gap. Um, we just haven't explained how to make a mission. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it, I guess it shouldn't be too surprising to me that people haven't gotten it done. But and are you um, when you say mission, are you talking about like the quests that sort of is that what you're referencing or? Uh, well, actually, that you know, that as well. 
I mean, because the, 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 that's a pretty cool system. I mean, it, it's, it's very similar to like what HPS did with flashpoints, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, so the campaign, the quest system that you see in the campaign is also there as well. So, you know, when you are in the front end and you're in your home screen and you get that transmission pop up, um, with, you know, a little, um, spiel from the contract giver and the rewards and whatnot you know you accept that you go to the thing you do it you get the contract you resolve the transmission all that can also be modded people can make their own quests right now uh from my understanding there should be no technical block there um but also just on the other side of things like the actual missions the actual levels you're going into the missions themselves uh should also be moddable uh, you can make a what we call internally an authored mission, which is like all our story missions, gotcha. where we've where we've laid out the tiles specifically how we want them to be, and we've put in all the mission components the way we want it to be. Gotcha. Uh, you can do that, or you can do. Uh, well, it's not really procedural, but we call it procedural just because it's easy to. The procedural missions, mm-hmm. which are not basically anything that's not hand authored. We basically give the generator, we say to the generator, well, this is the biome, this is the enemy, this is the difficulty, this is the size, and a couple other variables. And then it just generates yeah. a level based on those conditions. Um, I believe that is also uh, moddable as well. And that would utilize the game modes that you currently have. Um, whereas what you're saying, missions would be like your campaign mission, where it's like, go here, do this objective, go here, kill this person, go here. I, I see what you mean. Yeah, and I mean, our objective system, like, mission types really are just a focused mission component. So missions are comprised of various components. So, you know, there's a capture component or an assassinate component. And we build missions from those components. So when you do an objective that says destroy this building, that's, I believe that's that's like a destruction objective component. Okay. So in authored missions, we like, I think we mix and match those. and generally just for, um, you know, for lack of a better term, I don't know if this makes much sense, but individual variety, <laughs> you know, making sure that when you do an assassination mission, it feels like an assassination mission because that's mostly what you're doing. Yeah. If every mission was just a miss and mix and match of all the different components, like destroy this building, assassinate that guy, capture this, it, there wouldn't really be any mission types. Yeah. So, you, yeah, when you, make a, when you make an authored mission, you basically just flow out those mission components and mission triggers. It's, you know, it's especially if you don't know how it works, it's not an easy system to understand. Um, so I do feel that there's a burden on our side to um, explain those systems a little better. Yeah. Speaking of documentation. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 That's a good example. Yeah. I mean, so, it, it, but the system's there. So. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I figured it was, that's something again, um, I feel like, as an individual, that probably might be really daunting, but like I could definitely see where stuff like that would be really cool. I mean, um, and in these, you can have scripted events too, like um, audio pop up, right? And like, for instance, if you do assassin, maybe it's like, hey, assassinate that, you know, Merc leader or whatever, you can te- technically have it so where it triggers and they're like, hey, they're after the commander, you know, he needs to get out of here. Let's, you know, guard him and blah, blah, blahs. And you could set up those events, right? I mean, it's really the sky's the limit on imagination pretty much here, right? And also understanding how to do it in the editor. Yeah, yeah, and, and time. And You're right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so that that's cool. Like, now this may tie a little bit into, um, 
if it does into DLC or just uh, PGI's plans with uh, Mech 5, do you take inspiration from the mods? Has any popped in or is it you're like, no. And then are you, are any of those ideas ever implemented into the future of Mech 5? Um, not just yet. Uh, like a lot of the, you know, things like career mode is a good example of that. You know, I think relatively early on, somebody has started working on a more open-ended, non-story-driven um, career mode system. Um, so that was something that we had planned for, um, that we had intended to do. Um, likewise, you know, things like stuff that we we shipped with, but, you know, we had with anything. There's 100 different designs um, for any system you see in a game. It's, it's rare that the, the system you see in the final game is the system that was originally designed. Um, so I think something like uh, HUDs are a good example of that. Uh, we obviously knew that there would be interest in different HUDs and HUD mods and approaching the HUD differently from like a, an aesthetic and philosophical yes, perspective yeah. about what a mech HUD should be. So we haven't taken direct inspiration just yet from anything that's out there. A lot of the stuff that people are looking at are the things that, you know, we expected them to because given the opportunity, we were going to be looking at those again anyway. Um, you know, on the HUD side, I can tell you that the number of conversations I was in about <laughs> HUD approach and HUD design and implementation lost, lost track. It was probably one of the most discussed things throughout the game's development. So. It's not surprising to see uh, more than one uh, HUD mod out there that um, are all viable. And you know, some people like this one or like this one. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, so, it, yeah, nothing specific. Okay. I mean, and yeah, I mean, as far as regards to the, um, I've, I've talked long and hard about this. Um, and the default HUD for Mac 5, I, I, was, I was disappointed with. I mean, and I was very, uh, you know, I guess vocal about it. Cause like I felt it was like, well, I mean, Mac Mac Online has a better HUD than this. Like, why why wouldn't you just carry that over? And I remember specifically saying like, there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason, guys. And I remember, and we got it. We got it directly from Russ. Now you may not have agreed with the reason, but at least we have the reason. And he was saying that internally, it was believed that this was to be the better HUD, but specifically it was so first and third person would would work and of course, um, community members like Navid and stuff have stepped up and said, well, you could have still done that really cool HUD and also changed and altered, um, you know, the third person as well. So I'm sure it wasn't a, a universal thing. I mean, I think that's just generally no team uh, is going to be like 100%. They'd be like, hey, you know, like, I think uh, the community would really like this. But I guess from my point is um, the community members can create whatever they want. I actually feel like this is, uh, in particular, HUD is actually something that um, is is such a deep conversation because everybody has an opinion. I have an opinion of what the HUD should be or could be. And I actually, to be honest, even though Navid's HUD is awesome, I use it all the time. And for those that are wondering, it's the 3D HUD. Um, I still don't think it's really encapsulated. I don't think anybody has really, even MWO, even Mech 4, all of them haven't encapsulated what like we read about in the novels, being in this mech, this futuristic high-tech, you know, machine of death. 
what does that mean when you're in it? And I, and that's where like I always just sort of uh, challenge modders out there. Like think of the experience. What does it mean to be in the mech, right? Like what is this and are we taking it forward, um, you know, in that process? Uh, but not to get off on a tangent, but um, yeah, I, I, it's it's one of those where like I can definitely see the critiques from both sides, but I feel like regardless of what you guys would have done, there would have been people, like even if you guys went with the 2015 or whatever trailer it was, there were people that don't really like that HUD bod. They would rather just a MechWarrior, you know, three style that don't want anything like what Navi did, right? So again, you have mods out there that, that gives the freedom to be able to create your interpretation of what battle mechs and mech warrior you know should look like right yeah i mean like you can see through our our development cycle right that initial reveal trailer had a very different hud from what we shipped with and um you know there's so i, I don't recall names very quickly but there's another modder out there who's trying to implement something similar to the uh what i guess i'd call our second mod approach yes an mod approach a hud approach yes. um that was seen in some of the the marketing materials beyond 2016. Um, I don't know if you guys remember it with like the green mm -hmm. uh, framework and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, so you can see it's it's very clearly on display how we had our own development path when it came to how we approached the HUD. And like, I, I could talk for hours about about HUD and and what the, what the process was there and where we ended up. But really, it, it's there was a number of, of reasons why we um, have mud. The, the, the HUD that we do, um, some of it technical. Uh, you know, we obviously experimented and, and tried world space, you know, more like uh, 3D style HUDs. There were some visual distortions that we weren't quite happy with that that brought with it. Um, so, you know, I think aesthetically, uh, I like a lot of what's coming out. Um, functionally, uh, not as much. Um, so when, like, I joined the project shortly, pretty much around the same time that we had that MechCon where we first revealed Mech 5, um, which was actually really cool. Like, I, one of my favorite memories from yeah. working on this game is that, is that launch or that announcement, um, very emotional actually <laughs> at the time. Um, I personally, so the, the, the approach where you lay the weapons out on either side, you know, on the, on the the main view area of the screen, uh, you know, on the left and right on the top. Mm -hmm. Actually, functionally, personally, not a fan of that. Um, yeah. I find it a little confusing, a little needlessly confusing. Um, and to me, it would not have been a good approach for a release. Uh, to me, it's a good example of something that is prime for modding because it is quite specific in its approach and what it's trying to do. And, and if you want that aesthetic, if you want that functional layout, you can do it. Yeah. But no, if I, I, think that makes I sense. you know, if I sat down a new player uh, and, and said, okay, have at it, um, you know, I think the learning curve there is, is quite a bit larger yeah. than a more condensed, like, weapon group panel no, I, I agree. approach. And, so, and I agree even more now that I've used it. One of the issues I do have with the 3D HUD is that um, 
not only the the weapons where I get you, but actually the change of where the enemy paper doll is down on the bottom right is actually more often than not, it's different because I'm so used to it being up on the top right and it's just, it's right there. But now I'm having to collect, it's just, it's not the same transfer of knowledge from like MWO and I'm not used to it. And even though I've played a lot with the 3D HUD, that's actually something that I don't like. Uh, so it's, but he has two, uh, to be fair, Navid has two different ones. He has the enhanced and the 3D, but I've actually thought about, um, you know, going and, and just playing with the enhanced one, which is just more of just a graphical update, uh, to the base one. But yeah, I, I definitely understand, right. Uh, where that, yeah, that like would, that. there would be issues. And then just the weapons themselves, where they're at and stuff like that, you know, you have to look to the right and left to get information, whereas all you have to do is just go and look in one location. I definitely understand that. Yeah, I mean, so much of it, I think, is this is one of the more subjective parts yes. of yeah. the game, I think. Uh, and then, you know, there's another one out there that it's like a very um, fighter jet style yep. approach. Um, and the name, I, I can't recall the name of the author. Some Mech Warrior 3 inspired. Uh, but, uh, yeah. like, aesthetically, I find that really, really cool. And, um, so I love that there are all these different approaches. And, and so I'll take this opportunity to say that, you know, the HUD is something we are also looking at at the moment. Is that something that, uh, as a company, you release a product, is that something where you'd be like, hey, we're just not happy with that? And, hey, this new update has, you know, it's obviously that would be a free thing. Okay, boom, here's a new HUD. You can maybe switch between. Or is that something, if I just took your comment, that you're future possible development there yeah i mean nothing's off the table in terms of us reevaluating how we handled something or you know whether or not we want to revive uh, a previous approach or rethink our approach i mean that, that's a cool benefit of modern games the release structure and the update framework yeah um, allows you to to iterate and improve on things so uh, you know i i personally look at uh every system in that light. Um, you know, how could we have approached this differently? Uh, how would we approach it again? Gotcha. Um, so I think, uh, you know, pretty much nothing's off the table there, but okay. uh, yeah, HUD included. Um, and, you know, it's funny because, again, we can talk in length about HUD, but I feel like UI is one of those things where you want as much information, but as little clutter on the screen to you know block especially what your game's going on and it is so subjective you do want people that want that mechware 3 or like that fighter pilot you know heads up display look with the green you know lines and reticles and stuff and altimeter you know what i'm saying like all this information then you have others that want something more sci-fi looking and then you know so yeah it's definitely one of those um very subjective topics and like i said for me on a personal level i also look at just other games that i play um i made reference a few times to like titanfall how they did their ui and, and the experience like when you get in the titan it closes up and then you have this thing come alive in front of you and i've always just sort of felt that with mech warrior in particular um and i think it was just more of a limitation especially back then is that experience like what does it mean to be a mech warrior and you're getting in this again this machine that's very sophisticated and stuff right it's not just this you know simple robot uh that you're getting into but um anyways um 
Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. There. Yeah. Experience is such a big part of it. And uh, yeah, that Titanfall approach is really cool. Yeah. One, one thing that comes up a lot is like, you know, part of development, especially visual development, is, is reference. Um, you know, looking at reference art and examples and uh, iterating through it. One thing that is uh, you can never reiterate enough is that every engine is different. <laughs> so it's easy to get a piece of reference from like a movie or another game and be like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? And it's like, sure, but that was made in a completely different engine that had a completely different approach to how it rendered HUD elements. Um, and uh, so that's another layer of, of things. It's um, things can vary very much uh, between different games, different engines, and what is and isn't possible, or what is and isn't easy to do. Gotcha. Because, uh, like, my opinion, my going approach to development is that almost anything is possible. Almost anything has a solution. Um, it's just a question of how long that solution's going to take. Gotcha. Yeah, resources, uh, right, time. And how many people it's yeah. going to take. Yeah. Uh, so the, the HUD I was thinking of, because I want to call it out, uh, Techie HUD by Coffee Giraffe. I think is a really interesting approach. Uh, I actually played with that one quite a bit. I am... so yeah, I just I just wanted to call that one. Yeah, and by the way, uh, where you can find all these mods that we're talking about is on Nexus website. And I guess that's another question uh, for you, which uh, I guess we'll go ahead and dive into, which is when obviously the switch from steam launch to epic game uh store was a, a big deal in a lot of people's eyes but from the modding scene um it it changed things for you i mean uh steam workshop a lot of us are at least me familiar i'm familiar with steam workshop as far as like city skylines and stuff right so like in the be the case like oh you want that uh new mech or vehicle you'd subscribe to it and then you'd go into your game you'd go to the mods and check it and boom it's in your game right and that changed. Um, Epic Game Store does doesn't have a system like that, at least not yet. I, I think it's still on their uh, framework. Um, so all this is over on Nexus. But I think from from what I understood from like some of the BattleTech uh, modders, is Nexus is actually having that freedom is actually somewhat better, even though it, maybe it's not as accessible because if you don't know. Uh, to go to the website and you have to, you know, create an account. It's not just built into the game, right? Um, but they're not constrained by like file size or like all that. So, um, can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, you know, from the design perspective, or is it just one? Because you guys just implemented your own mod um, loader, if you will, and there are mods that are starting to utilize that. Um, what what is not to again, because I'm asking a lot of questions. Uh, let, let's just go ahead. The the change, I guess, from Steam to Epic, um, maybe a little bit of a history lesson there for people uh, behind the scenes. Workshop support uh, obviously is a huge deal when it comes to modding, um, and we will be supporting Workshop day one, uh, at least on Steam. We are still planning on the Steam release this December. Um, so we'll be supporting workshop and supporting the integration to make that like uh, you know the process everybody would expect with okay. workshop integration. Um, you know we still have to provide the editor uh, through Epic, so um, 
modders who uh, own the Steam version will just need to, you know, pop over to EGS and get the uh, mod editor through there. Um, so this is a good opportunity as well um, to mention that we are going to be uh, the first product in Epic's uh, mod portal. So they've got their, um, if anybody follows the Epic Games Trello roadmaps or their store roadmap, uh, roadmap they've got the um, mod support system integration into their launcher uh, up on their uh, roadmap. So if you go there now, you can actually see a little sneak image uh, of their interface, and it actually has a screenshot of our game. Um, so we haven't uh, blasted it out there just yet. So the Epic Launcher very shortly will support a workshop-style uh, mod uh, Interesting. acquisition and installation service. Okay. So Mech 5 will be launching with that. I don't have an exact date just yet, but it's coming, coming fairly soon. Um, and uh, so we'll be integrating that in. It'll be a lot easier to find and uh, install and manage the mods. So from a user perspective, obviously, you know, the, um, the exposure is a lot better. You know, it'll be integrated not just into the launcher from which they're actually launching the game, but, uh, you know, we're going to be trying to do some uh, in-game stuff to uh, point people toward where they can get mods. So hopefully we can surface some of the cooler uh, uh, mods that are available out there. Wow, I have um, so many questions. But, uh, Keep going. Yeah, and somebody actually mentioned this the other day in the mod channel. Like, man, I wish there was a way that people could just automatically update their mods because obviously you throw it up on something like Nexus, you're just you're relying on people then manually downloading, keeping that thing up to date. Um, so with the Epic integration and obviously with the eventual workshop uh, integration in December, the auto-update process would be obviously there. So... You release your mod um, on EGS um, and uh, eventually in Workshop. You know that when you push that update, uh, you know everybody who's got it installed is gonna is gonna get that update. Okay. So um, that should be coming soon. Wow! You just dropped. I had no idea about this, and you just you just totally um, knowledge bombed me. All right. Um, so questions though. Uh, first thing. Confl what about conflicting mods? Because that's one thing I've talked about Nav to Navid about, which is if he's working, like for instance, the um, someone's working on a mech lab, uh, right? And uh, that's another topic maybe for another day. But modding-wise, he's working on a, a uh, uh, I think Magnum is working on his own version of mech lab. But well, Navid's also get his version, but mm -hmm. because his rescale mod does is touching, I guess, files and stuff like that, with Magnums, it just, it doesn't, you can't do both of them at the same time. So Navid's doing his own thing, but his, his will include all of his work as well. Is that something that this system solves or is this still like, Hey, you can only have one of these checked or, you know, um, at a time. Yeah. They're unrelated, unrelated systems. Like the, the compatibility issue is as a matter of like asset management and asset registry. Um, so that's like actually a good, uh, like a good topic for another question. Okay, is, it is that question of compatibility and cross compatibility with mods, um, unrelated system. Unfortunately, okay. <laughs> be, I'd love to be able to say that. Oh yeah, just the, this next update is just going to solve all asset conflicts. Would okay. Be amazing. Well, can but, we go uh, and roll into that other question then? Sure.
yeah, so compatibility. Um, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. So, because it's, it's a question of the assets themselves. Now, there are ways to build things that make this easier. Um, so I mentioned earlier in terms of those, the, the, the concept of components. Um, you know, when you're building a complex system, building it in a modular system. So that I just, you know, as an example, um, say you're building something that manages uh, market prices for a game. Now, you can put all that logic into just one manager, one market manager system. The drawback to that is that, say, if somebody just wants to modify, you know, <laughs> the value of items in conflict zones, and that's what they want their mod to be. With, with just this one master system, they'd have to go into that master and modify just that logic. Now, if somebody else has a mod that they want to modify you know, the value of rare items across the whole system, those mods aren't going to work because you're just modifying one asset. Unreal does not support blueprint merging. Like It, it simply does not support the ability to have two copies of the same blueprint with different logic, and then to merge those things so that the, the, the sorry the differing logic like harmonizes into the one blueprint. It simply doesn't support that. Um, so that's not going to be something that we're just going to be able to resolve. It's it's out of our um, out of our realm. So we can help that along. So there are some systems that were designed in a way that uh, you know, they help to mitigate some of these problems, some systems not. So in cases like the mech lab or uh, metagame stuff, you know, things that touch rarity tables or player progression concepts or like the timeline of the inner sphere, some of those systems are monolithic a little bit in the sense that there's really just one thing that controls so much of that logic. So yeah, arguably we could, uh, and you know, arguably should go back into some of those and find those stress points and modularize those systems a little bit better. Um, that being said, in some cases, it, it may be impossible for us to do so. There may be, I, I don't know if, what an example would be, but there may be a case where you know, you've got two modders who want to implement two different approaches to one system. And there's just not going to be any way for us or them to resolve that conflict so that both systems can work together. So that's something that I've been, I've been tracking, obviously seeing a lot of the back and forth between everybody in terms of, hey, I'm modifying this, and it, it kind of doesn't play well with, with your mod that does this. Um, you know, I think there's an obligation on our side to look at how we can remove those stress points. Um, but that will have to be kind of a case-by-case -case situation. Okay. Uh, and it's not, unfortunately, it's not something we can turn around quickly because in some cases, these are very foundational systems. So we need to be very mindful of how we modify and, and, and you know, um, update those systems to work a little bit better with, uh, with uh, these kind of disparate mods. Well, this um, is sort of where teams form too, I, I, you know, from mods, whereas like, that's one of the things I've, I've talked about, which is, um, 
you know, getting people on board to help. Like if you've got someone that's doing a rescale mod, but then you're also working, someone else is working on a mech lab and you like what they're just combine your like share resources. So you're, you're basically working on the same thing. And then that way you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, conflicts and stuff like that. Um, that's sort of where I see. And then obviously if someone, you know, has this overarching goal of like, Hey, I want to create this and, and so forth. And you like that you just join and you work with that person and then all your stuff is, is good to go. Um, you mentioned steam. Um, obviously, uh, I, I think word is out there, right? You guys had an, a one year exclusivity with EGS will a steam workshop and EGS workshop. Is there compatibility issues there? How is that going to work? Is that anything to worry about? Well, I mean, it's unlike, so it's, uh, this may change because we, uh, we still, uh, obviously need to do the work and see how it pans out. But, um, I, I, believe that there's not going to be compatibility between the two portals. So if you acquire the game through EGS, uh, at least for now, I believe, uh, you would not be able to, you know, tie that into a workshop system and then get your mods from there. Uh, that may change. I just don't want to commit to commit to that because um, I believe out of the box, it would not work. Okay. So we might have to investigate if it's possible. Gotcha. Um, Wow, that's, I mean, that's pretty, pretty dang cool. I mean, what advice, I guess, would you have uh, for people out there for the compatibility? Like, is there, is there anything they should do or is there any steps they could take to sort of mitigate some of that? Yeah, I think it depends. It depends greatly on what they're modding. Um, you know, as you said, cooperation is... Uh, a great benefit to this and communication. Um, but that's not always going to be practical. Um, you know, it, that can be that can be a big ask in some cases. Um, in other ways, if what they're trying to mod supports this approach, try to think from a modular perspective. Um, to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, does it have to be done in the way uh, you first thought. So if you want to add a new mechanic, do you need to modify that one master blueprint or can it be done in another form? Now, that's going to be very <laughs> like uh, touch and go. You know, that, that outright may not be feasible uh, in some cases. In other cases, it might be. Um, so specific advice is tricky. I mean, it really comes down to learning the Unreal Engine approach to how blueprints communicate with each other uh, and how you might be able to use things like interfaces or that dispatchers between different blueprints to kind of bridge a gap and maybe uh, build a more modular system. But that, again, can also be a big ask. Uh, so I do think that this should be an ongoing conversation between us, the developers, and the mod community to help to kind of identify some of these stress points, like I mentioned earlier, and just um, how can we alleviate some of that? Gotcha. No, I did, uh, I guess another question would be, is there, is there a concern with conflicts with like future DLC and you guys updating maybe systems behind the scenes? Is there any concern that you have there to, you know, that may mess up people's current mods? Is that something we're a little bit, uh, past and that's not a really a big problem? Is that something that's crossed your mind? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's an ongoing concern all the time. Every time we issue even the smallest update, I'm going to be biting my biting my nails about that. It's it's tricky because it's inevitable, honestly, yeah. that updates are going to conflict with mods. That is just unfortunately the nature of the game, uh, nature of development. Uh, logic will change, and if logic changes in a file uh, that's been modded, then you've got a conflict. Um, and any of those conflicts are very difficult. It's not impossible to just automatically resolve, elegantly resolve. You know the the mod generally is going to have to pull that update down in the editor, and you know either fix some uh, node or logic issues or adapt existing logic to support the new framework. I'm going to continue. I, I think we've done pretty well at at you know making sure people are aware that an update is coming. Yeah. Back up your shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, back. Oh, my God. I'll take this opportunity to say, anybody who is not using source control, please use source control. Yeah. I, I cannot stress how important and valuable it is. Uh, even if you are one person or if you are building a mod team, uh, it is so valuable. Yeah. Get a um, repo set up. Do it. Yeah. Look into Perforce. Look into you know any of the half dozen systems that are available. Uh, it's easy to do, um, especially if you're uh, one person or a small team. Uh, a lot of these licenses are quite open uh, at that scale. Um, you know, it's really just a matter of finding the source control uh, software that you know lo looks good to you, um, getting some additional storage, and and setting it up. Uh, it will save a lot of uh, tears. A lot of tears, you know, you might go gray a little later than uh, than you would have yeah. uh, if you uh, didn't have source control. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in terms of the update stuff, yeah, like, w we need to continue being uh, communicative about when the updates are coming and, you know, if there's anything anybody needs to look for because it's going to be hard for me to guarantee, um, you know, uh, uh, safe updates. Gotcha. That, that unfortunately, I mean, if somebody can point me to another game that has mod support that does not have no, this problem, I, yeah, I think it's, uh, let me know because I'd love yeah. to see what they do. But uh, I think they are few and far between, if existing at all. Yeah, I think obviously, if you just have a good amount of uh, heads up, I think uh, everybody that's everybody should know. And if they don't know, they'll learn. Unfortunately, sometimes you have to go through it to. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, and, and just to just to f finish that thought, actually, like we are being cognizant of this when we are talking internally about updates. Um, you know, we make sure to be mindful of the fact. Okay, it's like just so everybody knows when we update this, this may have this effect. Um, so we're being mindful of when we update, what we update, and how frequently. You know, we want to minimize this kind of uh, destructive uh, consequence. So. You know, it's it's in the front of our minds when we talk about uh, you know releasing updates. We try to be mindful of it. So yeah, um, you, you mentioned. Uh, I know we're getting on here. Um, you mentioned you were surprised people hadn't done any missions or quests or anything like that. Um, I guess is there anything else that you're surprised no one's done or that maybe you you wish someone would do like something like, aha, yeah, finally someone's, uh, taken, taken this on. Um, I think, you know, maybe new campaign arcs 
So people should be able to make a new campaign. And when I say new campaign, like, you know, if somebody, I mean, I don't know how compelling it was for people. Obviously, execution can always be better. Uh, nobody is more critical of, uh, of work, especially my own work, than I am. Um, but, you know, the hollow table events that happened throughout the main campaign of Mech 5 with those, uh, you know, holographic elements and the story uh, development exposition, the dialogue occurs. All those dialogue chains, and all the logic that controls the flow of a campaign in terms of mission uh, completion and progression of those, uh, those, those uh, story missions, that can all be modded. So you have access to the dialogue tree system that is used to actually implement those hangar dialogue exchanges. Yeah. Um, so you could do that as well. And I think, I think some people are working on some bespoke campaign stuff. Um, but that's personally what I'm kind of excited about is, is, is a new story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, uh, you, you can be a critic, I'm sure, but uh, don't, don't, your fans out there can be pretty, pretty uh, critical as well, including myself. Uh, so. No, no. <laughs> um, so no, it's good though. I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously that hasn't been done. Um, uh, you know, characters and, and di- like, I suspect all of that uh, is the, is the case is just people not having the information time, of course, and resources. And I've, I've, I assume sort of like how there's a lot of correlations. I don't, you probably already know this between like HBS's Battletech and obviously it didn't have mod tools like support, but they didn't really hinder anything and they helped behind the scenes and what you guys have done. And of course your base game is very similar as far as the, your mercenary, here's the inner sphere, here's contracts. Hey, they have flashpoints. You have quests. Go. Like, there's a lot of similarities, and I'm assuming that's not a coincidence. Um, but uh, from the the mod scene, um, you know, I, I figure as as the game gets near its year mark, I mean, again, you know, six months from now, we'll see mods that we didn't have right now, right? So, and as that, I guess, uh, workshop uh, integration and stuff, and you guys update, we're just gonna see more and more. Um, but yeah, we haven't seen any teams, I would say, really form. Not that I'm aware of as far as like, you know, multiple people teams. I may be unaware there. There may be a few, um, but nothing as far as uh, tackling like, hey, we're doing a campaign and story and here's new artwork and here's new character, you know, blah, blah, blah. Because um, as far as I know, like uh, even like Rihanna and Fahad, like, those models could be replaced. Those 3D models could be replaced. The the voice acting and all that. I mean, technically, someone could rewrite the original story too if they wanted. Um, as far as I'm under understood, right? So, yeah. yeah, it should be possible. I mean, really, most of these things are really just a question of time and uh, yeah. and implementation and just doing the work. Um, but uh, it's all there. Yeah, I, I do think there are some teams. I, I know before we released mod tools, uh, there were a couple. Uh, people trying to organize teams who are very uh yeah um, I, interesting concepts yeah. i think if any i think they've maybe broken into different discords i only uh, i'm only in the official one so i'm always hesitant when hearing big grandiose things like that i guess it's just my 
I guess, experience over the years of just, I've become very speculative about like, oh, we're going to do this grand story and we're going to have all this stuff. It's like, whoa, slow your roll. That sounds cool, dude. You start small. Let's see what you, you know, but uh, I don't know. Maybe someone will just drop it on, on their, on our, you know, whatever. Um, you know, another thing too, is a lot of people were talking about, and I know as far as on the discord, it gets shunned to bring up other titles, um, which again, I don't really understand maybe from a legal precedence, but like, um, people were saying like, Hey, you know, it'd be really cool if someone redid a campaign where you played MechWarrior two or three or the storyline of four and stuff like that. And there's nothing stopping, you know, modders from doing that. It's just, it's a lot of work. It It is a lot of work. Yeah. I think, um, that's the, probably the case for any creative endeavor, but uh, at least from experience, game development is very prone to that. Scope is an important part of proper planning of a game development project, and it's very easy for scope to grow uh, and get out of control. Yeah, um, it happens. Creep. You can see right. it with so many things. Yeah, like indie games, even even full games. You know, like AAA studios. Like you can. Especially if, if you work in the industry and, and, uh, and you play games, typically most people do, um, you can see that scope. You can see that scope increase and that feature creep, like you said. Um, so yeah, I mean, anyone looking out there, uh, out there looking to do a, a, you know, a relatively big mod project, I, I recommend starting, start with the building blocks and, um, and go from there. Uh, it can be easy to outpace. It can be easy for ambition to outpace uh, practical implementation. Yeah, most definitely. I I can understand that. Well, I've I've had you here long enough. You've answered so many questions. Is there any uh, is there any information or any statement or is there anything you want to get off your chest that I didn't ask or um, I know we had questions. The problem with uh, some of the questions that we had out there were very specific and. I feel like um, you would actually just be better to answer those yourself, uh, like on Reddit. And if those people, I mean, it was like specific, like, hey, will you undo this? You know, will you open up this file? And, you know, why not that? And I figured maybe we might cover some of that today. So I apologize. Um, we didn't have as many as I thought we would as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, um, like you said, quite a few were, were very specific. And I can probably just, I mean, I, I recognize half these the names who uh, posted in the Mech Warrior Five uh, subreddit uh, topic you made for this uh, yeah, talk. Yeah, tracks, VTOLs, Max, being able to like bring those. I, like, I think some of this. The question is, is this possibility of some of this is in your DLC? And obviously, you know, NDAs. You can't talk about everything, um, but some of this gets very specific. Yeah. Um, so I can, I can. Uh, if you can also ping me directly. Um, and I usually try to be pretty good about replying uh, pretty quickly. Um, so if we didn't cover anything on here, you can just jump onto the uh, official Discord and just send me a, a direct message or call me out in the um, modding general. And uh, I can try and get back to you on the specific questions. It does look like we covered most uh, of what the main questions were. Um, beyond some of the very specific technical ones, which I can just address individually that okay. don't apply to most people probably listening to this. Um, you know, people want more documentation, which, you know, I, I think we went over and, and I agree. 
Um, so I'm going to try and get some uh, get some traction there, get some work on that. Um, you know, maybe timed with future editor updates. So uh, it may not be a, a super quick turnaround. There is one thing that I would like to touch on. And so that's one of those things where people say, well, should I bother working on this mod? Because I don't know if you guys are going to do it. Yes. Um, and that's actually pretty important. It is. Totally. And at least the knowledge of it. Because somebody can still make an informed choice to continue with what they're going to do. Because it's it's going to be near impossible for what what our vision is and what we release to be identical to somebody else's vision. Um, so I think it's important that we you know we say yes we're working on you know, career mode and we are going to be adding some new functionality to uh, you know like the Mac and MacLab systems. Um, you know, our announcement post for the DLC update mentions, you know, being able to, uh, you know, like a blueprint system for quirking mechs. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to, to call things out like that. Um, I will say on the mech lab front that it is unlikely that we are going to be overhauling our mech lab. So if you were looking to do a mech lab mod with your vision of what a mech lab should be, uh, it is unlikely that our paths will cross. Um, we're obviously going to be working on it and expanding it, but it's unlikely to be an overhaul. Yeah. Um, in other areas, so one of the uh, modders that I, I speak to relatively uh, often, who um, seems to have a good uh, eye on uh, a lot of the systems, um, asked about infantry. And, you know, are, have we considered it? Are we working on it? Um, which suggests to me that, uh, you know, they've thought about doing it in a mod. Uh, we are currently looking at infantry systems um, quite seriously at the moment. Uh, it's my main project right now. I would recommend not looking at <laughs> infantry for modding. Uh, it's extremely complicated, uh, and it is very easy to do it poorly. Um, performance, performance, performance. And I, like, I try to remind all the modders I talk to uh, as often as I can without being annoying about it. Um, be mindful of performance cost. Uh, it's easy to change a value uh, and test on your one machine or maybe two machines. Once it goes out to the world, you're talking about hundreds of machines and hundreds of configurations and you know somebody running Windows 8 you know, or 8.1 if you're lucky. Um, with a six-year-old CPU and a one-year-old GPU. Like, there's so many different configurations. Yeah. So be mindful of things like performance. Now, infantry, I bring that up in the context of infantry, because characters are not cheap. And building an infantry system that performs well, uh, while also having enough complexity to be cool, is, is, a, is a tough nut to crack. But um, we are in the process of cracking it. So I, I recommend not looking at that. Good. Okay. That is as much as I can say. <laughs> no, no. Is there any other systems like that, or does that pretty much round that out? Uh, well, I feel confident talking about that one because I'm working on it. Okay. Um, but you know, in terms of other stuff, not really. Like you okay. know, we've announced we're working on an open-ended career mode. Um, now, my somebody mentioned asked this earlier today. In fact, uh, you know, how is modding going to work with the DLC? What's it going to mean for modding? 
when this DLC comes out, how is that going to work? Um, so we're still exploring through that. Um, obviously, we want these systems to be moddable, obviously. Um, how that's going to work and what that will look like, I don't yet know. Um, sorry, I actually lost my train of thought about why I... How modding, as far as the systems go for... Um, uh, we were talking about infantry and then for DLC. Right, here. yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. New, new features, new systems. Yeah, new, yeah. New so features, I mean, when we talk about something like career mode and us doing career mode, you know, that should be a moddable system. So, um, you know, if you're thinking about doing a career mode, it may be good to, you know, simply mod the career mode that we release. and Just wait. And, yeah, and if you've got a system that you had in mind and then we, you know, we, we either have more information out publicly about what a career mode is or you release it and you're like, oh, they didn't do that really cool idea I had. Well, then uh, do it. You know, yeah. like take our career mode and and expand on it. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So, yeah, there's not too much uh, new stuff I can really go into aside from you know what we've announced yeah. um, before. I did want to call it infantry because I know a lot of people have asked for it and talked yeah. about it. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's one thing we're we're currently looking at. Yeah, I'm obviously with the DLC announcement. I'm really intrigued. Um, I was going to reach out to Russ and. Uh, maybe see about more information about you know obviously the equipment coming out how that's going to work and stuff uh quirks but that's not a obviously in topic here so let's not worry about that um yeah man i'm i'm excited uh obviously i've got my own personal uh things too with our our mech warrior 5 commander uh mod for right how's that me. how's that coming you have to a little slow some information on this yeah so <clears throat> In my opinion, one of the best Battletech games I've ever played is Mech Commander. I love the Mech Commander 1, Mech Commander 2, not so much. Uh, I can, it's an interesting thing, right? Because it's a real-time strategy, whereas like Battletech by HBS is a turn-based strategy, right? So for those that want to know the difference, it's like going from, you know, what, uh, Command and Conquer, if you will, to versus like XCOM. They're, it's two different genres, right? So, um, yeah, I, I think we would like to possibly bring on a few more. Our main engineer, you, you actually see him a lot, Yrot in um, Discord and stuff like that. Very smart, um, very knowledgeable, but with COVID and he's got a family and his time and stuff, and that always what it spoils down. Um, but, yeah, so before the last update, we actually had, you know, selection moving around uh the the camera and stuff like that and i think from from what he's told me is that we should be able to get to that point the big the big uh since that update but the big difference is is ui right having to change that ui because everything changes and one of the ideas that we had which we've got we still want to play test two ideas which is the classic mech commander where it's always point and click rngs take the wheel sort of thing uh, and then the second idea is go towards more of a where you actually pilot in the isometric view. So it'd be sort of like a Diablo arcade sort of shooter with Mech Commander elements. Um, there's something to be said, I think, about a game like that. That would be just absolutely fun. And maybe you could actually flip between the two mechs or issue commands and then 
Um, there's something about that top down and BattleTech is really unique uh, and MechWarrior is really unique where I think it really shines when you can add in unique abilities that don't necessarily make sense in MechWarrior. Like for instance, like just RNG mechanics for a MechWarrior first person shooter isn't as not believable, but sometimes it could be frustrating. So anyways, that's what we're working on. Um, if anybody has Unreal experience, like actual experience, uh, if if you love Mech Commander as much as I do and want to see uh, that come to fruition, um, of course, join our Discord and reach out to me directly um, and we can sit down and talk. But um, yeah, I, I don't, nothing has been of a surprise, I think, from my understanding. Um, I'm more of the the guy that's just sort of waving the wand if you will and writing things down and uh these guys have been tackling it uh, so it's so our initial goal phase wise would just be to play mech 5 in that perspective that you know like that's all it would be there wouldn't be any yeah. added right so scope just like get the camera obviously some maybe simple ui i mean very simple uh and then go from there um but we have to play test that and then also the other idea so um it, it doesn't seem so crazy. And if anything, like I said, uh, I, I think, I mean, I'm actually surprised you guys or, you know, and then if HBS is going to do their own thing. I just feel like if you aren't going to do it and, and I don't see another studio approaching you guys to do a mech commander, this is a, a great way to do it because it's already utilizing the game, which means more sales for you guys anyways, which is good. But the want and need for a mech commander game i don't know if you guys realize this is huge like one of the like no, top... i i want it right it. finish okay. finish this one so i can play it um you know we'll talk we'll talk um so yeah i feel like that that's something that a lot of people out there uh would probably uh you know um get mech 5 like if they haven't bought mech 5 for whatever reason may just get it just for that alone but um yeah it's uh it's it's pretty cool and the system would play really well with already again like i feel like it just you know uh some depth and substance right um the the i would i would refer to what you guys have created as as like a, a good scaffolding right and you can just start building off of that right and i think that's a fair statement um and uh you know i always see you in the discord talking and stuff like that so um again for those that are out there listening he he and others as well are in there um obviously don't ping him at like odd hours unless you see him there because he probably won't answer but he will answer whenever he can but um yeah so i mean do you have any i mean to me mech commander there's just like i said there's just something unique about i feel like playing the game at that perspective and it's not third person by the way for those that are wondering i'm, I'm talking about like arcade shooter you'd have to change weapons and their behavior and stuff like that because you're not dealing with unlimited you know visibility do you have you know what about fog of war is that play into you know can you do uh there's some really cool mechanics um that are in some of the, the battle tech games right the, the mods right now that i feel like could definitely be explored um but one of the things that I, I I look at is like having that experience. What is the experience of uh, being that mech warrior or mech commander in this uh, in this discussion? So um, that's where I'm looking forward to seeing where modders come from, especially mech five. 
Um, you know, I've talked a lot about this, um, why I'm so intrigued by like Navid's mech lab or, uh, Magnum's uh, mech lab, because, you know, like it's something that we have an MWO. I think it would add value to mech five. And then, uh, on top of that, what does it do for some of the mechs, you know? And then, but what about other than just to me, that's like superficial stuff. I'm saying like, what does it mean to be out on the, you know, battlefield? What about the ability to pop chafe and uh, that messes up all sensors and obviously visual because that's really important for mech warrior, which is a visual element. It'd be weird to having like a fog of war in a first person shooter. It just feels weird. Right. But if you can have elements like pop chaff, but maybe some mechs have the ability or all mechs have the ability. If you invest in uh, equipment or utility slots or something where you have thermals and you can see through them. So that means you can still engage or, um, those type of things where you can dynamically change the battlefield. Um, to me, I'm intrigued by those, you know, or other things you mentioned infantry. I thought infantry would be great from the start, right? Like that, you know, um, I was playing XCOM, uh, too. And the first thing that popped in my head is, especially at the rescale to where it makes mechs feel a little bit more connected with the environment around them. Um, and I don't know if you want to uh, key in on that, but, um, infantry now, right going into the buildings and XCOM and stuff and i just imagine mechs i'm such a nerd that's all i think about is battletech and mech warrior when i play these other games uh but you know infantry shooting srms or lasers or machine gun at you and it, it just just brings that battletech universe a, a little bit closer to you know what we read in the novels yeah i, th I think anything that uh, any feature or any mod that changes or expands upon things like the strategic context of the gameplay, I think is really compelling. I think that's what's so compelling about, about the mech commander approach to things, is that just that simple viewpoint change and what it suggests mechanically changes the strategic context of the game so much that uh, it really adds a new layer to it. So yeah. I think that's, uh, that's really cool. And hopefully, so it's still in R&D, but I think... Um, if it pans out, the uh, infantry stuff should be uh, pretty uh, awesome. God, that'd be great in Mech Commander as well. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, I'm getting, yeah. So we'll let you guys know more, and I'll personally, I'll reach out to you if, if you know, if we have any questions um, in regards to that. But um, yeah, um, thank you again for being on here. Um, thank you for taking part of your, your Saturday um, away from work. That's what you should be doing, but you were... You were in Discord earlier. I saw you. You need to take that time for yourself. Um, be safe out there in the world. You know, it's crazy right now. So um, if someone wants to find you, uh, obviously Discord, uh, Twitter, is that uh, as well? Yeah, I'm on there. I don't really post much, but uh, but you should be able to find me. I don't recall what my name is. Okay, we can, we can provide that uh, down below in the description of the video. But... Um, yeah, thank you again, man. This was a pleasure, and we definitely have to do this again. And uh, um, look forward to hearing more, of course, about the mod editor. But also, I'm I'm sure we'll hear more about the DLC in the future. So, yeah, thank you for having me on, and um, just for everybody else. So I'll uh, try and get a date out for you for the mod editor soon. Um, it's a short-term thing, so it should be coming pretty soon. And I just want to, yeah, thank everybody who's working on mods, interested in mods, engaging in the discussions, um, you know, challenging us with, you know, why doesn't this work or how do I do this? Um, 
you guys add so much value to the game and uh, what the community is and can be. So I really appreciate it. We all appreciate it here. So keep it coming. All right, guys. That is it for Alex. Uh, just want to say thank you again. Alex, uh, we will touch base another day, sir. Have a great weekend, and thank you again, man. You too. Thank you. All right, guys, that is this podcast. And of course, this podcast is supported by listeners and viewers like you. If you guys would like to help support the podcast, consider becoming one of my patrons. I'll have a link down below, but really all it boils down to is this whole thing. Uh, NGNG is supported by you guys. So the podcast, my Twitch streams, YouTube content, if you enjoy those things, consider becoming one of my patrons. And of course, I just want to say thank you again to all of my followers on Twitch. If you haven't uh, if you haven't caught us live, make sure to do so over on twitch.tv forward slash TV. If you'd like to become a sub there, awesome. Uh, we have emotes, stuff like that. And of course, we do have a new merch store, nogutsnogalaxystore.com. It ships in the continental US, also internationally. If you live in Europe, it prints and ships uh, over in Europe as well. So that's quite nice. I believe someone in Germany said shipping for a coffee mug was like $3.99, which isn't bad, all things considering. If you're going to be doing any shopping on Amazon, I do have an affiliate link where I earn commissions. Basically, when you guys buy stuff, I'll have that link down below. So whether you're upgrading your mouse, maybe your mic, your headset, your keyboard, maybe you upgrade into a new Ryzen or Intel CPU, whatever you're doing. Um, if you want to use that and support me here, I would appreciate it. Just want to say thank you again. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast signing off for today. My name is Phil. Until next time, Mech Warriors.